Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Know-how. General states pricing. Sales price does not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Hey everyone, this is John Roca from Collider. By now you've likely heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all of these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus is one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From beloved classics like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame to critically acclaimed documentaries like National Geographic's Free Solo, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. Disney Plus also offers some of the most beloved TV shows of all time, including 30 seasons of the Emmy Award-winning animated series The Simpsons. And if that weren't enough, Disney Plus has also rolled out a host of originals like The Mandalorian, the first-ever Star Wars live-action series, and high school musical The Musical The Series a very meta take on the beloved film franchise. It's no wonder Disney Plus has become one of the most talked about streaming services of 2019. So don't miss out. Sign up for Disney Plus now and start streaming all this great content today. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales price does not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Stay little chico, pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game. So that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Uh, on a live episode of Collider Movie Talk, I can't see the screen, so I don't know what's happening. Bond 25, they dropped their first trailer here. We got a new Planet of the Apes coming soon from Fox or Disney. And what is the best film of 2019? Going to talk about it all if my throw holds up on a new live episode of Collider Movie Talk. All right, hey everyone, welcome. I can't see myself on the screen, so I don't know if I'm on camera. So let's have a conversation. It's live, Collider Movie Talk on a Wednesday, rainy morning here in Los Angeles, California. And don't adjust your set. Perry, Perry Nemiroff did not gain weight. It's me, John Roca, in place of her. She's out there doing great stuff. Can't talk about it yet. We'll probably talk about it soon, though, that's for sure. And joining me today on a lovely Wednesday morning, I couldn't be more excited. This is going to be one of those like rodeo rides you have because two incredible guests are joining me to talk about Bond. 25 Planet of the Apes and some movies from the National Board Review. Right there, the beautiful, lovely lady, Gray Drake. How are you, Miss oh, Movie Phone? I pop my collar, look out. <laughs> 
And the guy over there just finished uh, fixing my water heater and dragging to haul an 18-wheeler over there. Mark Ellis, yeah. what is this Virginia look you got going on? I'm going to have to order another part to get that fixed. <laughs> and uh, that part's probably not going to get in until after the holidays. So I'm not sure what you want to do. I still get paid by the hour. Every every time I come close to accepting Mark Ellis has gone full L.A., he pulls out the Virginia stuff, and I go back home with him. I feel very comfortable. I, I Now that I see myself on camera, I kind of look like Billy Madison in his first day back at high school. <laughs> where you just think, okay, it's time to kick some ass. Eh, not really. I, I've never been a jean jacket guy, not since I was like in second grade, right? Gosh, gosh, bagosh, large. Good choice. Yeah, now, it was a good choice. No, you guys, I rolled the sleeves up and everything. We're going with it, okay? I don't care if the guy that we're talking about wears a tuxedo and drinks martinis at exotic locations. Mm. I am happy in a jean jacket with a cold Coors Light in most parts of Florida. There you go. Yeah, and like for the whole show, if you basically mm. have trouble ever hearing Mark over the sound of the banjo music playing, don't have to adjust your set, That's guys. That's true. That's a very good point. Uh, whenever I think of Mark Ellis, I think of banjo music for so many reasons. Uh, Aren't look- Gray and I the best team? Yes. It's ever happened on Movie Talk. I don't like Are, to choose my children. I, so <gasps> I will between my children. So I will say I'm excited for this episode for sure. Woo! Maybe more than I've been excited for any episode this week. So Aww. that's what I'll say. Just a little bit, though. A little more bit. More gray than me, but I'll take the, well, you know, I'll take the credit. Of course, of course. <laughs> but let's jump into this. You mentioned the, the nice man, Zuxedo. That's James Bond. The new trailer, No Time to Die, dropped this morning uh, from Kerry Fuganaga. He is directing, taking over from Danny Boyle. There were creative differences. Whatever you want to make of that, you can. This was fantastic, in my personal opinion. A lot of action. A lot of characters coming back. Leah Sadu coming back. Uh, we got Jeffrey Wright coming back onto the uh, the franchise. Christoph Waltz coming back as Blofeld, Ray Fiennes, Ben Wishaw, Naomi Harris. And but we got the new villain that's Rami that Rami Malik is playing. We also have Lashana Lynch looking badass up mm-hmm. in this thing. Anna De Armas looking sexy AF. And then you got yourself a little Aston Martin action with the machine gun coming out of the headlights. A little Goldfinger reference. So much about this was all over the place. I know Spectre wasn't and all the place in a good way. I know Spectre wasn't the most well received amongst the film fans and Bond fans, but this feels like it's going back to what they enjoyed about Casino Royale and Skyfall. Gray, what was your th- what were your thoughts about this trailer? I was actually, I noticed how many times they mentioned secrets yeah, yeah. in this one, and I was like, uh-oh, James Bond getting gossipy on his 25th anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> actually, it's more than the 25th anniversary. It's Wednesday. It's early still. Yeah, um, and so I wondered, I was like, is Leia Seydoux's secret that she has been hanging on to a Phantom of the Opera mask yes. for so long. And what does that mean? Because I, it was kind of stylish. It means that she stole Vicky Vale's mask that the Joker gave her in oh. 1989's Batman. Oh, yeah. oh so my God. so we're just going to revisit this every 30 years. And that's a pretty major secret. I mean, <laughs> I look, I see this trailer, and I'm, I'm now I'm pumped for, for the return of Jimmy Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing is that I was not a Spectre fan. Like, I love Spectre. I'm like, what did, I, what, what did we just do? Did, Not we, much. No. Yeah. We're, we're coming off of Skyfall, which is really cool. But I think that they're going back to a Skyfall feel where yeah. Skyfall felt like there were a lot of secrets revealed <laughs> about what's going on with Bond. I think we're going back to that formula. Yeah. The question I have is how much of the – because this is Daniel Craig's last turn as James Bond. So yeah. how much of that – are we wrapping things up? Are we setting up more adventures? Is this going to be like is, – is at the end of this movie, does he – just retire to a golf course in Jacksonville? Like, like no what is the possible end of way. Bond? Yeah. No possible way. In Jacksonville? Or in anywhere? <laughs> is he going to show up wearing a jean jacket to play golf? Right. I don't. Hey, is there the a down. better disguise for James Bond That's than a jean point. jacket? I just want to be clear that if Daniel Craig showed up to my house in a jean jacket and a hat, <laughs> I would let him fix whatever he wanted. That's a fair point. So a, I, I would too, and I'm not even. You know, like, I'm not, I got no shame saying that. I, uh, I think this one looks really cool. It's really, I was, yeah. I, it took me actually two watches to really take it all in because I think the second half of that trailer is so packed with stuff. But I loved that scene. She's like, I'll shoot you in the knee. The good one. And I was like, damn. That's they, mean. They gave her some good lines. You can tell those two are going to have some like fun banter back and forth. And why not? I mean, Phoebe Waller-Bridge coming onto this property, she made it very clear. She's like, 
I still think Bond is relevant. And yes, he can still be promiscuous with women. It's not a big deal. But we just need to make sure the female characters are treated fairly. And so you see this coming in. You've had, of course, Money Penny has given as good as she's got Naomi Harris, a fantastic actress. You've had Leah Sadu kind of being from Spectre, kind of being the uh, uh, love interest for, and of course, the age difference. People make a big deal about that as well. But now you have someone like Shana Lynch coming on. She thinks that is the Phoebe Waller Bridge, I believe, addition to the script as well, is that kind of back and forth that's equal. And no one giving a quarter or an inch to each other, still being badass in their separate ways. And I wonder if this is the handoff to Lashana Lynch or not. It's interesting. Oh, God, that would be so cool. You need a new 007. Who yeah. better to step in there? The Ooh, other thing I rumor. liked about this trailer is that we get to visit Christoph Waltz in jail. So it's kind of like he's, <laughs> he's like the Hannibal Lecter. You know, where it's like, yeah, oh, we're, yeah. we're, we're taking cues from you or like the like, like horrible bosses. Like, hey, we need some help with this new one. And then you have Rami Malek, which is just like the perfect looking Bond villain, because yeah. to yeah. quote the great Rowan Atkinson, he's a villain with a physical defect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've seen. Oh, we've seen this before, though, haven't we? Uh, with um, Robert Carlyle. Remember his issues in The World Is Not Enough? We've seen this before with other things, like in even League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Richard Roxburgh's character had to wear the mask and all this kind of stuff. So I get, I, I, it concerns me a little bit, the mask. It makes me think, like, oh, are you are you hitting it too, uh, the nail too hard mm. on the head? We're like all wearing oh, masks. Exactly. John. That whole thing. <laughs> Why don't you the take yours mystery, off? Uh, Shut up and go get a screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> I got a mask for you, son. <laughs> I got a mask for you. I shouldn't do that. that I'm, I'm hauling masks to south of the border in South Carolina. <laughs> Buy your fireworks and switch combs. Oh, Craig's, Craig's uh, departure from the Bond franchise, he said, you know, uh, this is it for him. So this is a big send-off for him. And contrary to the way he talked about Spectre, where he said it was like crawling through broken glass, uh, uh-huh. he said this has been one of the most wonderful experiences and best experience I've ever had. This this was a, from a video of a farewell speech he gave on set. You've all done the most amazing job. I could not be more proud to work with every single one of you on this production so you get the feeling it just from the trailer itself and then this uh uh, uh, attached to it you get the feeling that they feel like they corrected what was the problem around specter yeah which was they didn't think before they spoke yes and they just said stuff and then everybody was like what and they're like (laughs) and then the movie came out and the fans were like right like combo of the two wasn't a good thing you know the best thing i think to come out of Spectre for me, because I also did, I wasn't crazy about it, was mm. that uh, I remember asking Christoph Waltz if, like, what kind of umbrella organization Spectre was and what kind of businesses fell under that umbrella. And I was, like, t- sort of taking a chance because Christoph Waltz is, like, a, he's not a scary dude in no. person. He just, like, he's sort of intimidating. And he, he thought about it and he just goes, oh, yeah, the ice cream parlor. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would expect. It's 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 like what Robert Wagner did for Doctor Evil. You know, yeah. it's like look, you have to have some sort of uh, legit corporations to hide yes. the fact that you are an evil entity. So maybe you have, maybe you have a coffee bean there. Maybe maybe Spectre runs yeah. a bunch of Chili's twos that I've been to in airports. Yeah. That checks out. Yeah. Uh, some, what what are Chili twos? Chili two. They're chili's faster two? chilies. Shut up. You go There's to no- an airport. It's the Chili's logo. T-O-O, as in Teen Wolf 2. So it's Chili's 2 because it's like a slightly small one that's at an airport. And the reason why, Grant, I think that this might factor into James Bond is because the waiters and waitresses wear masks. This is the kind of comedy you can get from stepfather dog, step uh, stepfather dog, stepfather, whatever the hell it is that Mark Ellis does. This is all special. true. This is all, Available really? now on YouTube. I feel like it's not. It doesn't matter what restaurant I go to now. I want my server to be wearing a mask. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm at Arby's at the drive, I'm like, can you put this on and then hand me my curly fries, please? I have your awesome blossom right <laughs> here. Go. Oh, very put good. Put it inside your mouth. Yeah, any Phantom of the Opera fans? Nobody? I like it. Hello? Christine! Oh, there it was. Gerard Butler, for some reason, in that movie. Uh, What I always find... I'm a a bigger fan of the Robert England Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, but that's a a remake of the Lon Chaney version. It's not the musical. Michael Crawford is the Phantom of the Opera. (laughs) Why? Damn it. Um... My concern here is, is are they going to get this right to send him off correctly and hand the baton over? Or is Lashana Lynch like, what do they call that? Not a, a MacGuffin, but... Oh, right. A, like a, like you don't, kind of a, just a red herring distraction. A red herring, yeah. yeah. Do, they, do we think that's a red herring? Because does... 
is that a smart move? You know, because she seems so badass, and she says she's been doing it for two years now, been a double O, so much so that the world has moved on. Without, and I thought it was brilliant from the trailer. I never thought Bond, James Bond, would be used in an uncool way where the security guy doesn't know who the hell you are of, of your own place. And you go, Bond, and he's like, yeah, James Bond. Oh, oh, right, James Bond. Oh, yeah, yeah, go on in. Yeah, and it's be- cool, too. I, I love that shot because I, I noticed it where he just his eyes, he, like, looks up. Yeah. And then you're like, don't say it. Wait, say it. No, don't say it. Wait, wait. And then he's James Bond. And I'm like, oh, and it's you're just it's TSA basically. It's like uh, you're going back to visit your your old college frat, to go to a party, and they're like, we don't know who you are, dude. Right. Oh. This is how James Bond. Should, I mean, look, James James Bond has always been really good at, at cracking dad jokes. Okay, he's True. always been really good. He's probably fathered hundreds of kids around the world now. Yeah. So it's if about time for him to. If any of those women lived, yes, they they fathered the Dark. kids. I'm just saying, <laughs> they usually end up dead. Oh, there's Casino Royale. I know. She dies. Yeah, it didn't work out well Monica for Monica Bellucci in, Scott, in uh, Spectre dies. Oh, They God. seem to all die. So you're saying James Bond is like the opposite good luck Chuck. You sleep, with, you sleep with Bond is probably the last person you sleep with. God, did you have to bring up Dane Cook? I yeah. feel like your jokes yes, are better without the jacket on. You feel... <laughs> <laughs> this, I haven't made one joke since I've been on this set. That's this for is sure. all serious. You for sure. I yeah. feel like you think I'm trying to be funny. Oh, fair point. You're I'm being serious. Be, because no, I'm such no, a no. great comedic presence <laughs> on programs. Oh, it's, but, it's crystal clear you're not trying to be funny. Thank you, Greg. Yeah. Let, me, let, me ask you, let me ask you something, Greg. This, it's not even 9.15 yet. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I'm, I don't I'm get funny three hours, guy. until showtime around 7.30, 8 p.m. That's true. So you're working your bits out here. <laughs> this is, is where was... I practice. This is where I spitball. <laughs> All right, well, you guys didn't like that one. Um, what do you guys think about men and women? They are different. <laughs> Am I right? Women be shopping. I want to see them. I, uh, what I'm interested in with Fukunaga and the mask, that, that's what helps me give it a little more uh, leeway is Fukunaga did such a great job in that first season, True Detective, that I want to see if this is something deeper. Because something that Rami Malek's character says, you know, you, you, you'll die physically, but my, ta- my skills will go on. What does that mean? Is this right. a cloning situation? Are we yes. doing the clone? Are we get, what are we getting into here that will go beyond what Spectre already was? Yeah, that's a great point because yeah. that makes zero sense. Yeah. And I was like, it, does he just say crazy stuff? Is he like, is he, did later in the movie, does he say like, Inflation rates will definitely go down as time goes on, right? Is he just like spouting a whole bunch of crazy stuff? Well, from what I know, Rami Malek's character is a flat earther, so I think that that oh, good, would good. would be the best good. plot of a Bond good. movie ever, where it's like Bond, I'm going to flatten the earth. <laughs> I think that that him referencing that that he can live on in some capacity, that he may survive in some fashion, this the, the events yeah. of this film harkens back to your point where we could be nominating a successor to James Bond yeah. by the end of this movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's necessary to do that, but I think it'd be interesting. And it's mm-hmm. something that we really, we've seen them try before in James Bond style movies, but I don't think we've ever pulled it off successfully. Yeah. So th- there's very little risk here because you can't always reboot. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is that there seems to be a distinction between the approach to James Bond movies versus something like Marvel. This might be an unfair comparison, but clearly Mm. Marvel has a roadmap that extends very far into the future. Right. So they're able to give audiences some kind of really exciting thing in their movies. And I feel like James Bond is always super reactionary. Like, we don't get anything really cool in the movies that's hearkening to the next one. Right. It almost seems like they release the movie, they wait to see what everybody says, and then they, the broccolis, <laughs> like, make some decision. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, they don't really put a lot of cool things that are going to pay off in other movies. And I, I don't know that we'll get that this time. I think that's what was fascinating about the Spectre thing, because it was supposed to be from Casino Royale all the way to Spectre. It was supposed to have been a long game. But it seemed to stumble at the end or in, throughout the film specter at trying to connect the dots. Yeah. You know? so, oh, was that what they were doing? Yeah, they were doing uh, because everyone I, was whoops. working for Spectre. I, I saw Spectre oh. in the theater. I remember so little about it. Wow. I remember there was a helicopter in Mexico City. Right. Yes, there was a big table, big yeah. table. And then there was, there was, a, there was a, uh, a cold weather. 
with yes. Batista yeah. involved. Dave Batista was in it. Oh right, yeah. Did not, did not have a line, but was no, in the not. movie. Well, and then, um, and then Christoph Waltz showed up, and I believe he played a Nazi. Yeah, don't know if he played a Nazi. He had a German accent or Austrian I be- accent. I, I, I believe he wanted a glass of milk. Oh yeah, okay, fair enough. He had a white cat. Do you remember the white cat? That check. I, I think all that sounds perfectly correct. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Don't, don't worry about Wikipedia, kids. I'm here. LSP. He also has a, a Markipedia. I like that. He also has a facial defect as well, carried over from uh, uh, a Spectre because of the helicopter crash onto the bridge, which messed up his eye. Oh, oh no, that was before it, was he it? Crapped on the, crashed on the bridge, but he had a messed up eye uh, from a bond trying to break him up or something. Blow Man, him up. what is happening to bond builds? They used to have yeah. gold and try to get into Fort Knox. Now they're just crapping on bridges. I'm sorry. Crash on the bridge. Oh. My throat's dead, too. Damn it. Uh, anyway, we'll see what happens. April 8th, 2020 is when this thing is coming out. <laughs> I'm personally looking forward to it because this has been my favorite Bond, Daniel Craig. I don't care what anybody says. Mm. I've enjoyed his kind of brutal approach to Bond, and I like that he is just a battering ram. And him bring, who doesn't love when they take you out of retirement to come back one more time? Like John Wick, you know, I'm thinking I'm back. You know, that kind of yeah. stuff. People love it when heroes come back or they have this kind of legend about them coming back to take care of business again. He does have a really good balance of energy. Yeah. Because I know watching him, like, as a fan, like, I just love gazing into those blue eyes. And he works on that level, but he's also really badass. Yeah. So it's... It, He's a, he's a really good mix. I think he, you know, it's like, yeah, he walks out of the ocean. You love watching that. But also, he's killed some guys. Yes. Yeah, I've never walked out of the ocean and had water, like, drip off my abs, like what happens with James Bond. There's just, like, a, yeah. there's a, just a, there's a, there's a thing there, and it's, and it's sunburned. <laughs> yeah, Joe Bob, you and drink those just, beers, and <laughs> the water's not gonna, it's not gonna drip off the abs. Yeah, I, if, you just imagine if TMZ photographed any of us getting out of the beach. Oh, don't do no, it. Like, they're, they're like, Hugh Jackman's no, put thanks. some weight on. Wait until you see what I look like yeah. getting out yeah. of the beach. You'd be like, oh, somebody just shoot that manatee. Yeah. Just put it out of its misery. <laughs> Can we just be Let's, thankful Tom Cruise is not playing James Bond? Because Tom Cruise, oh. if he was playing James Bond, he would be dead. You know Tom Cruise would have tried that motorcycle stunt at oh, the end. Of course he would have. Oh, yeah. No, it, he would have jumped off the bridge without yeah. anything attached to his feet. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Tom, yeah. stop doing your own stunts. I'm still waiting oh. for him to hang off the space shuttle in one of the Mission Impossible films. That's got to happen. While yeah. Vin Diesel drives the car out of the shuttle in space. Oh, you know that's going to happen. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's move on to our next story, and that's uh, Disney and Fox working together on a new Planet of the Apes movie. I'm shocked to hear about this because I, well, I didn't know that they were going to bring it back uh, under the banner, and I thought they'd wait a little bit longer. So this is kind of hmm. surprising that they're already putting this in motion. Uh, Wes Ball is going to take this over of most recently Mouse Guard fame uh, when that got shuttered by Disney as well when Fox had been developing that thing. But he also was uh, uh, instrumental in uh, running that Maze Runner series, those three films that I don't know if it's a positive because they financially made less as they went along. So this is an interesting turn to hand this over to Wes Ball. Maybe Disney and Fox were impressed by what he'd done with Mouse Guard. Maybe they felt bad about taking Mouse Guard away from him and handing him this project is kind of a way to kind of make it up to him but also use his skills in a positive way. Ellis, what do you think about this? Okay, so I heard there was a new Apes movie coming out and I got very excited because... Apes on horses was like the thing. That was the battle uh, cry. And then you had apes on tanks. Then you eventually had apes, I think, flying. I want to see, in the spirit of Baby Yoda, I'd like to see like baby apes and baby horses. I want everything to be babies <laughs> in this new. Everything to be babies. I want it all to be little <laughs> tiny babies that can still talk and do all the things. Uh, yeah. Do you hear that, ladies? He wants everything to be babies. <laughs> it's in that biological clock. Tick, 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 tick. Especially dressed like this. If you're willing, I'm able. Yeah. Um, with Planet of the Apes, I was shocked as well because yeah, I thought it was such a great trilogy. Like anytime you start to get in a debate, like the best trilogies of all time, yeah. you have your people throw whatever their Star Wars is or whatever else at. And then somebody's like, hey, how about Planet of the Apes? Yeah. Or How to Train Your Dragon. These are like trilogies. You're like, oh, yeah, that's a trilogy. And it's a damn good one, too. I loved every Planet of the Apes movie yeah. in this new iteration. Yes. And so now I, I just I'd like to know where we're going with it. But I'm intrigued. Yeah. That's I, the question. Is this a reboot? Uh, I mean, uh, Grace, is this a reboot? Is it a remake? Is it a reimagining? Or is this picking up where the last three left off? And because we Caesar 
obviously, spoiler alert, what happens to Caesar in the end of the third film, do we go into a new era of the Planet of the Apes? I hope that we're going into a new era, but the same storyline. Yeah. And the thing that makes me nervous about this is that the Matt Reeves apes like really meant a lot to me. And the last one was, I was sobbing. Yeah. I just loved it. And I, it's all in the writing of these new ones. Yeah. And, but if you're missing Andy Circus. And it's like, if they kill that orangutan, I'm out. I'm yeah. going to set this yeah. place Maurice. on fire. Yeah, you can't kill Maurice. No. And so, but I think that there's more of the story to be told. But as usual, as with everything, yeah. you need to do it in a really clever way with a great writer that understands why those movies are great. And Apes on Horses, totally awesome. Yeah. But it fit within the world of this really kind of complex narrative that was really relatable and amazing. And it's most of the time they rush these things through. Yeah. And they're like, just do it. Just put apes on horses again. It'll <laughs> well, be great. Yeah. yeah, usually they start with apes on horses. And they're like, all right, now we need a story. With, with, yeah. with this, you can <laughs> tell like they this. had the story. And they're yeah. like, oh, by the way, this story, we can do the horse thing. Yeah. So here, I think you do continue it. And I would love to see what the, the future looks like where apes are totally there. Maybe there's no more humanity. Yeah. Maybe it's just it, it, like I'd like to get past whatever the the next post-apocalyptic wasteland series and and i want to get way far in the future with this and just see what we got because we can have andy circus play another ape this is a fantastic idea you've totally nailed it because then what we're doing is basically going back to the very first movie advanced civilization and like uh, what if Mark Wahlberg just wakes up? Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. Oh no, just kidding. What, just no, kidding. I want to see. Whoa. I want to see uh, Abraham Lincoln. Oh, I want to see that version <laughs> of the United States. No. I want to see what he was up to. Well, did he uh, wear a suit? Are we already did living he wear in the it? hat? Are we already living hey, in it? No, hey. I'm sorry. Anyway, my my thing is. Uh, I don't want to see that. Hey, hey, Caesar, how's your mother? I don't want to see any of that with Mark Wahlberg. But no, if you look at the. You know, the original, great. The, re, the 2001 remake, terrible. This yeah. one, fantastic. Will this one work or not? You know, I, I wonder about it. Did any of you see the mouse guard footage that was released, the nine minutes and stuff? No, and to be okay. perfectly honest, it just sounds like you put two random nouns together, and I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, look, I'm a huge mouse guard fan. I thought the movie was great. Nathan Lane is one of my favorite actors. Oh, no, not I that. I think it was that one. No. maybe my favorite movie. Oh. Is that not? No, it's not. What's that one? Are you trying to break your own record for obscure movie references? That one's called Mousetrap. It's not. I believe it's called Mouse Hunt. hunt? Is it Mouse Hunt? Yeah. Oof. Put a verb in there, Nowny. That might come Somebody's in handy on Somebody's got to get in shape. I'm going to call you Nowny from now on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, if you haven't seen the nine minutes of footage that uh, uh, they dropped, West Ball dropped about Mouse Guard, it's incredible. The what is that? It's, yeah. it's a, it, was, it was basically... Uh, it's based on a children's book, cool. and it is like, in essence, it, it all deals with these mouse mice that live in this uh, world, and okay. they deal with the good and the bad, and there's the attack, all this kind of stuff that goes on, them trying to create a life afterwards, and can they hold off the evil mice from the good mice? So it's oh. all kind of like that. Do so that makes perfect. factor in? <laughs> there are hats. No, cats. <laughs> oh, cats. Uh. I, but I love your yes and spirit. I try to be positive with Mark Ellis. I try to be positive with Mark Ellis. Hey, we, we, we had no idea what Mouse Guard was, and we let you get away with it for a long time. To be fair, I can't understand you in that accent. <laughs> when you put that hat on. Oh, I'm more of a guinea pig cage kind of guy. <laughs> um, when you explain that concept, yes. it makes perfect sense that Disney Fox would be like, hey, the guy did a movie about like civil unrest with hairy things. So why don't we put him in charge of the other movie we could theoretically do? More hair, yeah. less traps. Yeah, and at, let's add horses in again. Horses! All right, I'm going to give you the horses. quick synopsis. Mouse Guard is set in a world of sentient mice who live in a medieval era paralleling the same age in human history. Same life expectancy as normal mice? I don't, we don't get to that yet. Because, because why, be bother, let me finish why bother setting up a civilization? If you're only going to live like eight months, what, then just just enjoy Yeah, but you life. don't know that you're eight months. Like, their eight months might be your 20 years, oh. right? Oh. Like, a dog doesn't know it's living only seven years every year, every human year that or, goes on, right? Or is that why he is so adorable and eats food and licks other dogs' butts? That's fair enough. Yeah, Molly definitely knows that she's 84 and enjoys every <laughs> ounce of her senior benefits. I always wonder if a dog, every time they wake up during the day, has it been a day in their mind? 
Like when they wake up, have they gone to bed, woken up, and right, right, right? Are they that then, aware? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, to quote Pinto in Animal House. Can I buy some pot from you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> With that, get up. You should be selling me the pot. All right. Though, so, so, what's the rest of Mouse Guard? Though in their world there are no humans, its story revolves around a brotherhood of mice known as the Mouse Guard, who have sworn an oath to serve their fellow civilian mice in times of need, including hmm. making safe passage for them through the wilderness and protecting them from predators, which could be. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, okay. So there's stuff there. Right. So just like make the mice bigger and like give them like different ears. Yeah. And it's a, they're apes now. So it makes so, me okay. wonder if because the, they did a whole CG. There's like CG of the mice and everything like that. Will the f- apes be CG or will they be like uh, uh, motion capture? They have or whatever to, they use for. They yeah. have yeah mocap. They mo-cap. have they have to stay with the same so. tech. Okay. And since the last movie, which was like a couple few years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. the technology is so improved right. that they've got to stay with that. They they have to top themselves visually because those movies were mind blowing and actually yeah. still kind of hold up oh they were stunning yeah especially the 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 last one yeah holy crap that that, you know it's great technology where it holds up on your tv yeah because you go see things in a theater and just blown away by everything and then you go watch well you watch peter jackson's king kong on your tv and you're like oh Oh. it's a a cute video game but like with, with with those it's, it feels like there's actually like just like apes hanging out, like riding horses and tanks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So my question with this is because it's a 20th Century Fox property, the fear is that is this Disney just looking at everything that 20th Century Fox brought to them in this merger? And they're like, OK, we got to wait a few years on Predator. We got to wait. We don't know if we can do Alien if there's a script ready. Ah, apes. We can make some money with Planet of the Apes. So is they are they just doing this for the sake of money but i would hope that they have a cool story in place that they want to tell yeah. well that's what the that's what was going to be my next question are you surprised that this is the first ip from fox that disney is taking over and going and running with it's probably the least tied up yeah so it's, so it's a convenient choice yeah okay. so it's like yeah we can actually move the needle on this faster yeah so we should give this priority it seems to make sense i well, just it would be so sad if they ruined it because they really getting the thing. live action stuff correct in lion king not fully correct, but close enough. Do you think that inspires them to do the apes thing as well? Do you think they'll go that route? I'm just stuck now thinking about the Lion King, which depressed me because I thought the animals were so expressionless. Ah, and so, so that I, could be an issue. I okay. fundamentally disagree with you, actually. I don't, I don't think they nailed it with Lion King. Oh, okay. I actually think that Jungle Book was yes. a far more successful CG outing. For I think Gray's being very unfair. Okay, I don't tell my animals to smile. All right. I tell my animals to feel what they want to feel at that time. And everybody in the Lion King took their mission very seriously. We're becoming a king here, Greg. Look who just subverted our expectations in his jean jacket. He's so progressive all of a sudden. I think we can all admit the best part of the new Lion King was the uh, the extended turd scene. Oh, yeah. What? Who pitches that? And they're like, hey, guys, in, in the middle of this movie, we're, we're going to watch the biology of eating something and getting some, some, some lion fur yeah. in there and then pooping it out. And then that's going to be the circle of life. <laughs> hey, man. It moves us all. It does. It's, it's some faster than others. Yeah. <laughs> some more times than once a day. Um, this is what I, we'll see what happens as it goes forward. I'm I'm curious to see because look, Andy Circus can't be the only dude who can do mocap for God's sakes. There's got to be other people out there who want a shot at this. Toby so, Kebbell can I, do it. Huh? Toby so, Kebbell. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, what? Toby, Toby doesn't have the best record in terms of success for films that he's in, so I would be hesitant to put Toby in this film. Uh, but I mean, it's not his it's not fault. His, he's a good actor. Nobody's yeah. opening this movie other than there's hey kids, there's apes. Come see the movie. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter who's. It'd be nice he to have some vocal in, talent, right? Because he was in he was in the Apes movies, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 so yeah. I'm talking about someone new though, someone new coming in who wants to break into the mocap and been like sitting behind Andy Circus going, "If I could just get my opportunity, maybe I, there's someone out there." Uh, there, there definitely is because yeah. I mean, you know, I, I didn't really peg Zoe Saldana as somebody that could do oh, mocap, and but then incredible. there she is, yeah. and we're like, "Oh, cool!" And then later, as a re- as a reward, we turned her green. Yeah. We we're like, now you can be all colors of the rainbow. <laughs> You have earned that right, madam. What but if Tom I, Hardy was our new Caesar? Would that work? No? Too big? That's really fascinating, and I'm mulling it over because initially my response is that he is so he, – he's not as physical a person, but then I think back to Bronson, and I'm like, no, he really is. Right. I think anybody has the ability to train to do that kind of thing, but certainly someone like Andy Serkis was – 
kind of born yes. to pioneer this no whole doubt. industry is really amazing. And and certainly that kind of talent, it mm-hmm. might be challenging to find, but there's definitely someone out there. Have either of you two done... Okay, oh, sorry, go ahead. What? It's, have we done what? Have either Met you done, real done apes? Done mocap? You bet I have every yeah. Friday night, my love. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't get that. I don't get that kinky. I'm just, I'm happy just, just <laughs> being there. Just, <laughs> just, I told just, you. I told you it's going to be a rodeo. I told you it's going to be a rodeo. If, I just, if I just show up and there's a party, I mean, like I clearly know how to bring the party. This actually, this jean jacket is mocap. The uh, I'm not even here. Frank is deep faking me into this episode of movie of talk. Is, of course, he is. I'm Frank asleep Lutardo. like a baby. Uh, but to answer your be- question, yes, I did do mocap at Weta, and it was amazing. Nice. See, yeah. I want to get a chance to do that someday. I'd love you to. will. I was trying to do it professionally when I was doing voiceovers, but it's tough to bust into the mocap side right. of things. It really is. It's just Andy. It's just Andy sitting on a throne. Like yeah. Snoke and, and yeah. Doug Jones and Doug Jones, Doug Jones nice. guys. Yeah. right? So. Doug's nicer though. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> and he's great. I love him. <laughs> Doug's uh, nicer than everyone. Yeah, Doug is the sweetest person. He kissed my hand uh, on the red carpet. <laughs> really? And I was like, oh my god! Like, I should be kissing did. your hand, guy. Wow. He, so. he like he gives the best hugs in Hollywood, and he folds you into those big spider arms. And he just embraces you, and it's then you know you've made it. If you wonder why you feel under the weather every winter, maybe you're just letting. Strange dudes kiss your hand, you know. Oh. Maybe buckle that up a little fish bit. Man. Little fish man. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're yeah. letting a fish guy make out with your hand. He's trying to bite you, John. All right. Oh, look who's fish guy. Oh, now, oh, now who's not prejudiced now? Yeah, now yeah. who's prejudiced now? I don't want a you fish guy dating my daughter. Fishist. Honey, you stop having sex with that fish in the tub right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some promos where we lose control this entire this show. This is the best episode of Movie Talk <laughs> uh, uh, that I've down. ever been associated with. This is the one we're submitting to the Emmys, that's for damn sure. So to the one viewer we have left, we salute you. I don't want no fish viewers watching this episode. You stay in the water where you belong. You stay in that goddamn water. Uh, anyway, let's move on to some promos. Uh, speaking of fish men, there are fish men in Marvel and DC. Let's see if what uh, someone has to say about heroes. Let's take a look at that now. Hi, I'm Amy Dallin, one of the hosts of Collider Heroes. And starting right now, you can catch our show Tuesday nights with a new Collider Heroes and a longer Collider Heroes podcast where Koi and I are going to talk your ears off. You already know that's coming. So make sure to go to YouTube, subscribe, and find us on the Collider Heroes podcast feed for all of that sweaty goodness. I mean, I can still feel his scales on. Okay. And so that's why I just always had a predisposition to hate fit. Oh, we're. Yeah, this has been going this on is, all the time. Yeah, the, my, your mic is on. Oh, it's, my God. It's hot. That was a lovely Amy Dallin talking about Heroes, a show I'm very happy to produce here at Collider. It's dropped yesterday at 5 o'clock. Go take a look at it now on YouTube. Enjoy their conversation. Dorian Parks, join them as well. And hey, FYC screened The Joker last night. Jeff Snyder. Always averse to dressing up for a situation. Didn't wear socks to hold the interview uh, with the uh, uh, the production designer of the film, or the director of photography for the film, Lauren Sure. But hey, just in case you want to do another screening, I'm sure Perry or Scott Mance will be wearing socks in this one. That's Saturday, The Rocket Man at Arclight, Saturday, December 7th at 7 p.m., part of the FYC screening series. You got the Q&A with Taron Egerton, Jamie Bell, and Dexter Fletcher. I love Dexter Fletcher. He's a good, good actor, and now he's become a fantastic director. I will defend Rocket Man over a Bohemian Rhapsody to the end of time. Wow. Um, so go see it Saturday at 7 p.m. there. Get your tickets at the Arclight here in L.A. and Hollywood. So cool. It's a um, good matchup. What's that? Rocket Man versus Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, the, the winner, that you're basically playing for the right to lose to Eddie and the Cruisers Part oh. 2. Eddie lives. What? <laughs> no. How much deeper are you going to go with these references? Yeah, that's right. basically like the mouse guard of music <laughs> jokes. So. Everybody thought he was dead in the first one. He ain't. He's but back, he's, and he's dressed he's, like me. As soon as he looked at himself and saw some of the TV, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> and he's alive. That's Eddie. Oh, that's Eddie oh, with the God. beard. Poor Michael Pare. Isn't that Michael Pare? Is that who it was? It was played by Michael Pare. Yeah. Has Billy Eilish heard of Eddie and the Cruisers? That's the big question. Oh, a good oh call. You're making the Van Halen shot. I nice. Take nice. any shots. Uh, five seconds. Top uh, favorite musical biopic. Uh, what can you say? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Five Hold seconds. On. Does Walk one hard. card count? What? Ah! 
How do I know when it's love? <laughs> Incredible. Walk hard, both of them. Uh, I, I can't answer. Walk the line. I'll give it a little bit more. All right. I want to kiss you I, on it, the it, mouth right now. If you're talking straight music documentaries, then I would say The History of the Eagles is great. That is awesome. I also love It Might Get Loud, which is Jimmy Page, Jack White, and The Edge from U2, all just sitting around jamming guitars, yep. having a conversation. Yep. And music docs, Bogdanovich did that Tom Petty music oh, yeah, doc. Yeah. Yes. And I always, I, it's one of his song lyrics. It, it's so great. Yeah. So great. Yeah. I but still, that's not your question at all, but you know what? I like go it. to hell. <laughs> yeah. Right, you know what, Gray? You wrecked me, baby. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of films that could win Best Picture, I don't know. We weren't at all. But like, maybe the <laughs> National Board of Review named The Irishman their Best Picture. This on the heels of the Gotham Awards naming Marriage Story their Best Picture. So Netflix is starting to build a little bit of steam here towards, as we enter in the awards season, moving towards the Oscars, the Golden Globes, what have you. This is very interesting, The oh, Irishman. Yeah. Talk to me, Gray. Their, Netflix is going so hard at these awards. Awards. They're walking hard. Yep. They sure are. And it's it's interesting because when you're a member of like the, what what is this? Oh, yeah. Pesci, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was like, God, who is that old guy I'm looking at? <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Love you. You were amazing in this movie. Might we don't have that award. red carpet DH technology. <laughs> just right. Eventually, you'll be able to do the movie young and then walk the red carpet and just be young again. But the infrared sensors, they're not quite there yet. <laughs> So w- during the award season, you know, you get a whole bunch of screeners, you get a whole bunch of books, you yeah. get a whole bunch of things, and they're like, vote for me. Every day there's something from Netflix. They've yeah. got so many movies in this conversation. And in a year where Scorsese has a movie and Tarantino has a movie, everybody else goes, damn it. Couldn't yeah. we have just waited another year to win anything? Because I think they're going to take a lot. It's like Annette Benning when she gets nominated opposite Hillary Swank. Damn it! This year again! <laughs> And what's interesting about this is that if you have Netflix making this big of a push, this is Netflix leaning into the fact that, hey, we may not be able to out-blockbuster other streaming services like Disney+, Plus, Mm -hmm. but if we make quality cinema and we start to get into those award show conversations, Mm -hmm. that's going to keep our subscriber base high. Because you could also throw my name as Dolomite into any consideration for a best picture, best lead actor, best ensemble cast kind of thing. So, The Irishman, I don't think it's the best movie that I saw this year, but it is damn good. And I think it is a contender for the top awards. And if the National Board of Review is kind of that really early predictor as far as which way the tea leaves may be pointing, the Irishman's a good bet. You know, statistically, I think that that stuff is kind of going by the wayside as far as predictors. Because it's like, whoever wins the Director's Guild Award, you know, statistically that used to predict what was going to win Best Mm -hmm. Picture, but the race is so all over the place at this point. It's impossible to predict the nominees. And so it's like, yeah, the Irishman is great. Yeah, Marriage Story is great. Yeah. You know what else is great? Booksmart. I don't know. Well, and also- you know what else happens? Back There's so many more backlashes back and forth now because right. as soon as you have one award show or one body <laughs> gives all the praise to one movie, that's when everybody else is like, oh, but that movie had this, it didn't have this, right, and it had right. that. So then right. that's what, then it bounces out and of course corrects for the next award show. So just kind of like this pinball game that you really have to keep track of. I think you could you could have done it in the past the, uh, as a predictor. It could have served as a predictor for what's to come because Definitely. the voting body stayed the same. Right. Across all the boards. The fact yeah. that voting bodies are now changing and are ever-changing every year as they become more diverse, younger, uh, allow more voices to be in the room, it becomes less a- you're becoming less able to predict what is going to win based on something that won three weeks ago. It's so much more interesting. Yes, agreed. And it's exactly the way that it should be because there were a lot of good movies that came out. And mm-hmm. it's a, in a year when we're not just talking about Joker – you know what I mean? Like, there's that, that means it's a good year. Because that, that movie yeah. kind of was mind-blowing, but then you're like, well, right, but then there's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Well, the two popes for anybody. Like, yeah. an, amen. It right? goes far back as something like The Farewell, which that and yeah, uh, so and good. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like, yeah. those those weren't released during when you would consider right. the Oscar bait coming out. I mean, even something like Parasite. So th- there's a lot of movies that you can take from pretty much all year round. I just think people invest more in it now than maybe happened 15, 20 years ago. And like yeah. you said, the voting bodies have changed for the better. It's a lot more progressive with who we include into these voting bodies. Yeah. So it's really open season. And so I think that, that part, part of that lends itself to just a voter looking at something like Netflix and not having some sort of like, oh, gee, we got to give them one. Right. Now it's like, 
you're going to vote for a lot of Netflix movies, and well, I guess we got to let the theaters have one or two movies in the conversation as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, look, the National Board of Review is made up of filmmakers, critics, academics, and more. The organization facilitates screenings, discussions, hands out grants to emerging filmmakers, and helps catapult films into a more publicized consciousness so that's that's a positive overall for what this uh august body uh does for lack of a better adjective what's interesting too and i want to throw this out to you all uncut gems got some love yeah it earned best screenplay and best actor that's so good best actor for the love of god adam sandler god help us all <laughs> just so w- w- i haven't seen this yet have you two oh seen this? god Is it really it's on my screening pile to finish up this weekend what an unbelievable movie okay an incredible performance i don't know about giving it a screenplay award i think okay. that uh, for me it's like an, an adapted screenplay would be jojo rabbit that i'd be more interested in seeing get some love right but sandler has he's so the, the just the energy coming off this guy like for somehow he was born to play this character and it's so memorable yeah. that the 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 male actor race this year is super hard it's and interesting just for a moment consider <laughs> that the other night Sandler lost to Driver yeah. for marriage story but the real tragedy of that situation is they both have the same first name oh, so they are the like the i what Oh, the winner is Adam. <laughs> it's just Drag. the moment that lasts a lifetime. <laughs> well, it's going to last a lifetime, multiple lifetimes. If Adam Sandler gets nominated for an Oscar, it could possibly win it because he has the one arrow in his quiver that nobody else has, which is what he said on Howard Stern the other yeah. day. Uh. I will cont- I'll make the worst movie you've ever seen <laughs> if I don't get this Oscar. So. I, I thought he already did it with Grown Ups too, but no, I guess there's another. There's <laughs> a worse Jack one. And Jill, Jill, I would put up Jack, and, Jack yes, and Jill. Yes, yes. I was like, yeah. oh my god, this is exactly what he does and I kind of love him for that I yelled out loud in my car all of a sudden the whole universe just made sense I was like this is what he does oh my god I, ha- I can stop wondering we now have solved the riddle the 30 the, the year riddle of who Adam Sandler is that adorable little chum who brings his guitar out on weekend update could win an Oscar in 2019. And a, a part oh, of me wanted to go back to like, what was it, around the 2002 voters or 2003 yeah. and be like, you didn't give him right. that award for Punch Drunk Love. Yep. You did this. <laughs> you. <laughs> Look at these movies. Yo. Awesome. That, that one and Rain Over Me are two of his incredible performances Ooh, as yeah. an actor. Just like Jim Carrey with Eternal Sunshine. I thought he should have been nominated. Who got robbed? He got robbed. Totally Man robbed. on the Moon. Yeah, Man on the Moon, another one. Yeah, robbed. Take it easy on that. Eddie Murphy gets robbed for everything. Everything. Uh, the yes. Professor, how does he not win? Well, how, how does Alan Arkin win for playing Alan Arkin in Little Miss Sunshine? There was nothing he did in that movie that was different than he hadn't done in 35 other movies. Eddie was incredible in Dreamgirls. Incredible in there's, Dreamgirls. There's a, the, the most... Depressing part of the awards race, in my opinion, is that once you're on the inside of it, you can see why things win awards oh, and other things don't. Fascinating. It is, first of all, a matter of money. The studios are willing to invest a ton of, of money sure. sending people places to see the movies, and they send them to fancy parties, and they give them gifts. Right. But also, it's up to the star to campaign like they're running for president to win an award. So it's like, yeah, you know, some people are willing to do it and some people aren't. And so the Critics' Choice Association gave Eddie Murphy um, an honor for Dolomite Is My Name, which he 100% deserves. He leveled the joint in two minutes with a speech that was I'll never forget seeing in person. But then he wasn't at the party afterwards. And it's because Eddie Murphy, I think, if I had to guess, I don't know him, but I, th- I feel like he's been famous for so long that he's, is there a certain dynamic between people yeah. that, that aren't famous and him that could be exhausting? I think he just wants to go home and hang out with his family yeah. because, because, because Eddie Murphy is, is that, rare, that, that rare celebrity, and I'll just speak to stand-up comics, where he's the one that could walk into the comedy store yeah. when I'm there tonight, and, and if he walks in, it's like, and not just me, everybody else stops what they're doing so it's not like it's not like we're watching a famous colleague come in right you know it's not even like because you can hear guys like Chappelle and Chris Rock when they're in the presence of Eddie Murphy yeah yeah. 
they are like, oh, my God, that's Eddie Murphy. So I think sometimes in Eddie Murphy's case, it's better to just win your award or put your time in and then leave and don't do all the networking because part of the reason why he didn't win for Dreamgirls is also every corner of Hollywood that year had a billboard for Norbit. Norbit, yeah. And, and uh, Burt Reynolds not winning for Boogie Nights was him bashing the awards before people voted. And so those, <sighs> those things, you're right, they, they factor in. Critics take it personally. It's kind of the game. They're human beings. This is all it's, part of the game, unfortunately. It's yeah. a popularity contest. Yeah. And sometimes people that did the best performance actually win the award, but they also put the time in. And so Sandler yeah. is facing the same kind of problem for the same kind of reasons you just mentioned, where these both of these guys are turning in amazing performances. But I think Eddie Murphy's feelings were hurt for not winning for Dreamgirls. Yeah. But again, it's like a full-time job, right. kissing everybody's butt. And it's, uh, it's gross. And yeah, I'm proud to be a part of it <laughs> well and stand up comics there's nothing they hate worse than kissing people's butts so i can I, from my limited experience in knowing stand-up comics so and um, in being one and in performing i've seen it yeah. it was good unfortunately you it have. was really good there there were some evil mice in the crowd <laughs> we had to get rid of they were eating all that cats. cheese um uh you speak about we gotta wrap it up here but you speak about being all over the place here's the deal real quick for the national board review best film irishman best director was quentin tarantino for once upon a time best actor adam sandler said best actress renee zellweger who a lot of people think gonna happen best supporting actor brad pitt i love yay best supporting actress kathy bates for richard jewell which was oh, fantastic wow original screenplays were said uncut gems adapted was irishman breakthrough performance paul walter hauser in Richard Jewell, which is incredible. Yeah. Melina McSukas got Best Directorial Debut for Queen and Slim. Wow, cool. Best Anime Feature was How to Train Your Dragon. Best Foreign Language Film was Parasite. Best Ensemble, Knives Out. And Best Documentary, Maiden, which I have no Maiden. idea what Maiden is. Wow. So, And I've, I've been interviewing a lot of documentary filmmakers for The Deep Cut, and I have yet to come across Maiden, so that's something that's in my head. Outstanding Achievement Cinematography, Roger Deakins, 1970. Yes. So, deserves it. Uh, I did not realize that Irishman was an adaptation. Whoops. Yes, and so nothing will ever win against it. <laughs> so, 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 so these fellows paint houses, right? Uh, yeah. Not yeah. like oh. you and me would. <laughs> they, paint them with, they paint them with head blood. Right. Ours is a lot sexier. It's yeah. other kinds of blood. How many oh. people do you have to shoot in a, in a room to get that thing painted? You know, <laughs> you get point. 20 people in a room and just whack it, just boom, 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 yeah, yeah. boom. All right. It's just not the. This is this isn't the color it was on the swab. <laughs> I didn't. Do, I didn't know you were going to Jackson Pollock with it. But all right, that's it's fine. Too red. It's, it's, too, it's, too it's, red. it's nouveau. It's nouveau. Uh, all right. So answer some live chat questions real quick before we wrap up. Uh, Fillmore Pockets wants to know which spy franchise had the better run over the last three movies: Mission Impossible or Bond. Oh, it has which had the best what run over the last three movies? Mission Impossible. Okay, I mean technically Gerard Butler isn't a spy in the Angel Has Fallen series, so Agreed. I understand the question. Agreed. Uh, I think Mission Impossible. Yeah, just yeah, because it, it did partially because of what Tom Cruise and his nutcase mentality will do for a stunt for a movie, but I just felt more passion. Yeah. Like, 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 like everybody involved in these Mission Impossible movies wants these to be good, and Bond Skyfall is really cool. Quantum of Solace and Spectre, it's like, eh, this show put on the tux. When you compare the two, it makes me feel a little bit like Bond is sort of coasting on its laurels and it has this amazing cinematic history, whereas Mission Impossible is like comparatively the scrappy underdog and is like, man, we got to really entertain these guys. I'm going to hang off a jet. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, You're not so tough, Mr. Bond. You'll see. (laughs) jars over here there are drones there are drones coming from the president all right next uh, uh matt stoker asks most, most anticipated film of 2020 uh for mark ellis how excited are you for coming to america too oh coming to america too is way way at the high, at the top of my list uh i will still include uh, godzilla and kong squaring off in my most anticipated even though i'm gonna like have to wait 2022 or... anticipate it a lot longer than i wanted to yeah. but it's still gonna be there so those would be two way okay. up high ones for me and then obviously I don't know how many parts it is, but the documentary series that ESPN is doing on the nine Chicago Bulls, that is yeah. the must see TV wow. of 2020. Yeah. That's amazing. Right, Gray? It, absolutely. <laughs> Scotty Pippen was at my wedding. Oh! He wasn't. It's, it, oh, okay. That's a 30 rock line. That's a um, good line. Oh, my I, bad. <laughs> what are we, Farmer's List? <laughs> that's my favorite line. <laughs> you, you were in a tuxedo at six o'clock. What are we, Farmer's List? Yeah. <laughs> Um, coming to America too is yeah. coming to America. Boom. Ah, 
right? See what you did I there. What, yeah. yeah. God, it's going to be awesome. All right, Jason Confrio wants to know, who's your favorite holiday curmudgeon from the big screen? Scrooge the Grinch? Uh, is it telling that Jim Carrey has portrayed both? Oh. I love the, the and, and not a lot of people talk about Jim Carrey as Ebenezer Scrooge and the Robert Zemeckis, and I thought Jim Carrey was a revelation in that movie. It was. I go Scrooge slightly over the Grinch, just slightly, yeah. and my favorite Scrooge is George C. Scott from 1984's A Christmas Carol. That's the non-musical one. That is the non-musical okay, one, okay. but it does uh. feature a stirring performance by uh, comic force Roger Reese is in that, yes. and Lucy Goodrich, you can also find in 1984's Top Secret. Oh, boy. Well, once go. again, Ellis, you are incorrect. <laughs> the best Scrooge is Bill Murray in the film Scrooge. That's fair. I'll give you, that's a, you can't argue so. that. I think that's a great point. Uh, I'll argue that. Carol Kane will start punching you. Yeah, exactly. I give a little shout-out every year to Henry Winkler in the American Christmas Carol, the ABC TV movie from the late 80s, oh, which I like. I love Henry Winkler. I, um, is that on uh, Disney Plus? Yeah. I'm, Can I catch this? I am going to go look for it today. <gasps> oh my God. If it's on there, I'm totally watching it. Thelonious. This is, what, this is what Disney Plus has done to to adults. Everyone. You know? Oh my God. I can't go to work. Chip in those rescue rangers. I got to binge it. <laughs> and you first, still have a job. Still alive. For the first time last night, I switched over from Netflix to go, what's on Disney Plus? And I've never, I hadn't done that. Ever. Oh, wow. Like, oh, wow. Okay. It's all it's beginning. Yeah. yeah. I'm being converted. Uh, Thelonious uh, uh, asks, what do you think of Robert De Niro coming to Anna Paquin's defense in The Irishman? A bit of a tender issue with her and the lines. Uh, anything you want to say about this? I actually, why does she need defending? Uh, people were complaining that she doesn't, she only has like three lines in the movie. Uh, and it's a symptom of Scorsese now. She, he treats the female characters. I don't know. I, I, I and I'm. I suppose I'm biased because I love Scorsese. I love his movies. I, you know, I don't. I didn't. I didn't mind it. I thought she was a very towering presence throughout the movie without having to speak. And when she did speak, it was pretty powerful. I actually agree with that, and I understand that it, it's it's problematic to not have you know anyone different in your films because Scorsese largely is just like white dudes. You yeah. know, but he chose to tell a story yet again about just these three guys. Yeah. And so I didn't think that Anna Paquin personally got shortchanged at all because I felt her in the movie and I thought she was so great, as always. Yeah. I didn't personally have a problem with it. And since I speak for all women, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I speak for all Southern gentlemen. There you go. I think that... Uh, that- it, it, it was the story that Scorsese was telling. And there was a subtle difference in the way that women women are portrayed from the era that were married to these gangsters right. versus Anna Paquin's generation. Because by the end of the film, you do see that there are changes in how they behave. It's not just, you yeah. know, hey, pull over the car. I'm, I, I want to smoke. Now it's it's uh, we're we're treating these opinions were treating these people differently than we looked at them 30 yep. years ago. Now, having said all that, the big issue with this is just don't trust whatever the headline is and read the actual quotes. Yep. Because I saw on Twitter yesterday that, that it was made to look like De Niro was okay with the fact that Anna Paquin wasn't allowed to speak on set. Yeah, oh. And now it's today, it's like, oh, well, no, he was actually defending her. So yeah. just go just read the actual quotes. Ew, reading. Yeah. <laughs> From the guy that dressed like, shockingly. Much you can leaf. read. You know, like, <laughs> look, if you emoji it, you can still figure out what's going on. Right, fair enough, right. Fair mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there you go. All right, let's wrap up. That's This is another live episode of Collider Movie Talk. This is my last time hosting this week. Barry is back tomorrow to handle it for Thursday and Friday and continuing forward. Thank you, everyone, for the kind words. I've, sent, I've seen some nice uh, comments on YouTube. Very much. Thank you very much. It's always fun to sit in for Barry, but she is the host of this show. It's always great to sit in, though, to get a shot to do it, and especially when you're sitting alongside two incredible people like I am today great drake uh where can people find you everything you're doing i am all over social uh, and my name is gray drake it's all it's ae no wise my family finds him untrustworthy <laughs> gray so. drake and i've said this before is the coolest most badass viking name i've ever heard <laughs> in my life yeah i could see gray just like at the top like like, like at the forefront of one of those north ships yeah you know like, like, like george washington crossing the delaware it's just gray drake but she's got like she she's got a, a, a film reel in one hand. Yeah! Somebody get me some drama me! (laughs) (laughs) And Mark Ellis, what do you got going on? Uh, Not a whole lot, John. Things are pretty tough these days. I was hoping you'd just skip me and say good. I mean, look, the special. He can't even be a dog father. Out. He's just no, a dog like stepfather. No, that was. That it's was your own dog. My ride off into the sunset. I'm, uh, I'm leaving. <laughs> The sport of stand up. I'm leaving all this broadcasting. Oh. I'm just. I was in Florida for Thanksgiving, and I think that's really the way to live. Yeah, mini Celebrate golf courses. Celebrate good times. 
We got the Schmodown Spectacular this Saturday. You can get tickets at my site, markellislive.net, or at theschmodownlive.com. I'm going to be at the Comedy Store this Friday, and I'm going to be in New York City in January. And then we have a lot of Star Wars coverage that I'm sure y'all are doing, that I get to do. There's a new Star Wars movie coming out, y'all. Oh. Yeah, the guy who's the Skywalker guy. Guess who's back? That's right. He's rising up. According to the he title. has risen. He will come again. <laughs> if they roll a rock out and Luke's in there, I don't know. Anyway, all right. There you go. Thanks, everybody, for watching this live episode of Clyde and Movie These are Talk. my hands. This, is, well, this one was a robot hand, but still, you get it. Hands. You get it. You get it. Hands. Uh, don't forget, Collider Live is coming up in about five minutes. Uh, the gang and the crew there going to have a good time. It was great sitting in with them yesterday. I'm sure they've got another great show planned for you all to enjoy. So go and do that. And we will talk to you tomorrow Celebrate with another live episode at Collider Movie Talk at 9 a.m. PT. Take care. Until then. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.